Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Aimed in towards Archer! That's a fabulous header! It's again the Jargons, banished the flick on. Gather Round Villains and a very happy new year to all our listeners. Welcome back to Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast produced by underagaslitlamp.com. We missed last week, so we'll have a quick glance over the defeat to Liverpool on Boxing Day. But most importantly, we shall rejoice in the performance at Tottenham Hotspur on New Year's Day as Unai Emery went back to North London with one or two points to prove. We may also indulge in a little bit of uh, early silly season transfer speculation and look ahead to the games that we've got coming up this week also. But I'm your host, Andy. Um, and I'm joined by Craig. Happy New Year, Craig. Hello, Andy. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to all of our beautiful, beautiful listeners. Um, just to echo your tweet that I saw, Andy, and I meant to retweet it, but I didn't. Just a, a thank you to all of our, our listeners. Um, we do appreciate you. We do love you. We thank that you. We, we, we love doing the show for you. And um, we hope to attract even more of you in 2023. So our promotional budget is, um, is, is precisely zero. So if you're interested <laughs> in sharing us with uh, friends and family, other, other like-minded Villa fans, feel free to do that on social media. Uh, the more the merrier on the good ship Villa Lamp. Yeah, we don't we don't need any promo. We we go by word of mouth here, the old fashioned way. Um, there you go. <laughs> and we are we are global. It's uh, it's unbelievable how many um, how many fans Aston Villa have all around the world, but also how many how many of those listen to us. I, I find it I find it truly humbling. So uh, thanks to everyone and happy new year and all the very best for for the coming year um but we'll just step back across the to the other side of the the bongs if you like to uh to boxing day and and the liverpool game at home um we've been doing bongs have we i did i must have missed that the, the, the big ben bongs New Year. Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it was a bit of a. It was very much an English reference. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure some of our listeners were doing bongs over New Year. Also, I mean, you know, whatever. We live and let live on this on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Liverpool at home <laughs> on Boxing Day, three-one um, defeat. Of course, a uh, bit disappointing uh, result-wise. We were two-nil down at half-time, which, which obviously. Um, you know, put us in a in a very bad position. Salah had put put Liverpool ahead after five minutes, and Van Dijk scored then to 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 double the lead before half time. Um, much better second half, I thought. Second half display, huge improvement. Uh, Watkins was very unlucky to have his uh, goal disallowed just after the break. Um, before he did actually manage to head home from a a sumptuous Douglas Louise cross. Um, sort of midway through but Villa were obviously pressing for that that equaliser but the, the high line and that the, the, you know the, the forward momentum proved their downfall as as uh, Nunez 
got behind um, the defence and a mix-up with 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 Olsen and his defenders allowed uh, Bechetich is it um, to finish for three one. Um, it was a I thought really entertaining game. Thoroughly enjoyed it um, in the ground, um, albeit kind of not in Villa's favour. But but what did you make of the performance? Um, and what would what would Emery have learned from the match? Do you think? I think he would have learned some some lessons about Aston Villa on a high line and Aston Villa in open spaces. <laughs> um, we conceded three. Uh, we could have conceded seven if if Nunes had his shooting boots. We also probably could have scored four or five ourselves had some of our strikers and forwards and and, and McGinn, Bailey, and Watkins in particular all spurning golden chances. So it, it was a real thriller. It was it was a Boxing Day blockbuster, and it was a game as you mentioned, Andy, that I thoroughly enjoyed. I'm sure it was a great one for the neutral as well. It was it was really enjoyable. Two teams really going hell for leather, going at each other. Um, but in terms of lessons for, for, for Emery, I think that he would have learned some lessons about Olsen. Um, I think Olsen, as we'll talk about in the Tottenham game, looked far happier when he had a deep block, a low block next to him, when he had lots of space to run into and lots of uh, lots of pressure on him from the Liverpool press. It really brought out the worst in him and he conceded another, another, another hat full of goals. Uh, although the goals weren't necessarily his fault, I think that his, his presence in those kind of moments and his uh, lack of comfortability, if you will, with 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 being on the ball and with having that high line and being a kind of sweeper keeper really just sends shockwaves through the whole defence and made, made everyone turn to jelly a little bit. Um, but what he can also learn, Unai Emery that is, is that we went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league. Yes, Liverpool have not been themselves this season, uh, but they have... They have unbelievable quality in the likes of uh, Salah Nunes although he's he's misfiring currently um is is certainly a player who who does cause havoc uh, and all the other big Liverpool stars so it's really interesting that we were able to go go kind of toe to toe for them um we didn't come out on the on the winning side but Emery certainly um there was there was no disgrace in that defeat and it was a really good effort against a, a team who are let's be fair Andy that they are a better team than us yeah, they are, and they really proved it in the in the either end of the field, didn't they? It was it was the quality at the back, and I think in obviously in the in the forward line that that was the difference in the end. Um, I have to say that that period of time after half time, uh, where we when when we scored, um, had a goal disallowed, had a, a couple of really good um, chances. We had some some a couple of really good chances in the first half as well. I think Ollie Watkins. Um, certainly a header um, uh, in the first half you know really should be burying that Um, but that period of time was about 20 minutes 25 minutes it felt like Liverpool could not get out of their penalty area it was it reminded me of um, the old days you know playing playing uh, cub football when I was ten, you know, when you, t- you <laughs> lads couldn't couldn't kick it far enough to get it out of the penalty area, and you <laughs> you just stand there and you know and block it and and kind of uh, um, just play in the <laughs> play in the their penalty area. It was a bit. It, it it just felt like they couldn't do it. Villa kind of swarmed all over. Um, you know, hunting in packs trying to win that ball back. Occasionally it would get through, and of course it did on a couple of occasions. And they, they you know, Nunes is is really is lightning fast. You know, whatever we say about his his current 
his goal output at the moment. He doesn't half add, add a dimension to them in attack in terms of being able to um, to counter attack, you know, really directly. Um, and we fell foul of that really. But there was that period of time where I was so impressed. I thought Camera was just just in- incredible, you know, pressing high, you know, winning the ball back. We were setting little traps for them all over the place, and they really couldn't get a foothold in that second half. And I felt like. At that point, if we'd have scored again, I think we'd have gone on and won the game. I think the momentum is certainly the beginning of that second half was 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 with us. But you talk about personnel and, and Nunes, you, you're spot on. I, I tweeted about Nunes um, in terms of the other day uh, when he, he missed the sitter against uh, Leicester City and the Liverpool fans were chanting, Nunes, Nunes, Nunes. And I kind of like, I kind of was was juxtaposing that with what happens to Villa players like Ollie Watkins, for example, at Villa Park when they miss and the moans and groans. And what that will do for someone like Nunes, a young lad in the league who is making his way, yes, a big money signing, but as you say, he he causes absolute havoc. And when he does find his shooting boots, which I do think is a, a when rather than an if, he is going to be some player for Liverpool, I tell you what. And I just think... Just as a fan base, this is a more general point, I guess. If if we could have a little bit more support towards some of our players, particularly in the stadium, I think it's one thing to have a whinge in your group chats. It's another thing to have a whinge on a podcast where it's kind of, you know, it's private. But I think when you're in the stadium or even when you're on your sofa, <laughs> you're having a bitch and a moan. But I think when you're in the stadium... Uh, yes, you 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 have a you you've paid your money. You have a right to 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 say what you want. But I think generally, most people respond better to support and 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 encouragement than they do abuse. Just as a general rule in terms of human nature. So I think if we could do a little bit better with that as a, as a fan base, we'd see probably some more some more fruit from some of our players. Yeah, I was I was going to sort of come on to that a little bit because it was very disappointing after that third Liverpool goal and it it was sort of 10 minutes to go and it did kind of make you think probably the game's over but the way Villa had played in that second half um, we were still in the game I think at that point and had we you know had we responded quickly and got a goal you know it would have it would have you know been been game on again but as soon as that third goal went in for Liverpool the ground emptied you know it was just and by the end of the game, it was probably 25% full. Yeah. And I just think that's... I mean, I understand, you know, some people have a routine and that's what they do and they, you know, they they leave at the same time. We have people around us where I sit and they get up at the same minute every game, whatever's happening. I've seen people leaving when we've been on the attack, you know, looking like we're going to score, you know. And you Trying to grab a winner. Yeah, it's, it's just... <laughs> and I, I find it... I've always found it strange. I, I have left the ground early on probably three occasions in my in my sort of 30 odd years watching Villa um, were those all during the Remy Guard era one certainly was 4-0 down to Man City <laughs> with 15 minutes to go and me and my mate said come on let's uh, let's go and grab a pint <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah I think I, it's not something I mean I pay for the whole match so that's what I choose to do I'm lucky because I live fairly close to, to Villa Park really so it doesn't take me that long to get home so I understand people don't like sitting in traffic and stuff like that but I just think at that point that's you're 3-1 down you've played really really well you've kind of got a foothold in the game and the, the fans just give up on you and I wonder if 
you know, certain players might look around, you know, hear the, hear the seats sort of going up as people stand up and leave and think, well, you know, I don't think we deserve that. You know, usually you get the exodus when you, you know, when you are 4-0 down at half-time or, or whatever and the game's done and dusted and people will leave, vote with their feet, you know, it's a bit of a protest sort of thing. But it was it wasn't warranted on on this occasion, and I found it quite disappointing. Um, but it seems to be a, a bit of a habit with Villa fans now, um, you know. Whether whether you know, I, and I don't really know. Everyone's got their own excuse for why they do it, but I don't. I know. do wonder if it's if some of it is going to be repaired with the with the. I do wonder if some of it is just the logistics. I have never caught the train to Villa Park, and I I, I was going. I first went when I think I was six years old way back when I've not caught the train there once but people who I speak to who do catch the train it's all you know I hear just lots of horror stories and I know that uh, that the the redevelopment of the train lines I know there's some things going on with trains in general in England as a wider point but more specifically in terms of just the, the the terrible train service which I know is supposed to be addressed in these new plans these new redevelopment redevelopment plans that have been approved by Birmingham City Council for Villa Park Maybe that will help um, um, ease some of those problems because you know we do. Some people do shift work. Some people do have. Some people tra- travel the length and breadth of the country. So there will be certainly a percentage of the people that are leaving for logistical or travel reasons. But I would suppose if there's that many people leaving, there are a, another portion of the of the people who are leaving who are leaving for other reasons because they'd given up. Um, what the split is in terms of percentages, who knows? But those people who, who who did give up, I think it is probably a little bit harsh because we were very much in that game. We created a, a ton of chances, and and you never know if 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 that had been the other way around at Anfield and and Liverpool were three one down, you'd you'd imagine it they would have created a cauldron like atmosphere, and and and, and Liverpool would have been pushed until the very end. So um, I, I don't know what it is if it's chicken and the egg. I, I do think that Villa did lose some some impetus with those late changes uh, that that uh, that. Emery made. Um, I think the substitutes unfortunately weakened the team uh, on that occasion um, because I think the players that came in weren't as, as good as the players they replaced or weren't as in as in as good a moment. So, so there is maybe some of that, but definitely food for thought moving forward. And I guess once once we have the 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 improvements to the infrastructure and all that other stuff, if it still happens, then I guess we will have something to worry about because it's not a good thing. No, see, and I don't know whether it happens at other clubs, and I guess it it does depend on the infrastructure. It was Boxing Day; there were no trains running on Boxing Day, so everyone was oh wow driving okay. or, or or busing it. I guess. No trains at all. No, it's never on Boxing Day. There's never any trains. Never any wow. chance on Boxing Day. It wasn't, but I think there would have been a strike anyway. <laughs> but, but yeah, okay. I think um, yeah, it was it was one of those. It was it just it just felt a bit disappointing because I don't think it it wasn't a performance that warranted a, a mass exodus. I think and and that's what the players got and and it that was a shame. We were all disappointed because we lost, but you know it was a you know. It was good. I, I put a tweet out about Olsen. I wanted to ask you what 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 is it like in the ground because I've heard speaking to a couple of other people that were in the ground saying that the anxiety from Olsen on 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 during that Liverpool game was palpable and that the, the people in the, the the fans in the stadium were feeling it certainly was coming through on a TV screen. Um, was it was was he that bad? Because obviously you can see 
things that we can't see on the television screen, you get to see the full picture. I, I mean, I felt certainly when he was at the Holt end, he he got um, he got a good reception, and you know he was he was being supported generally. I think there was a bit of disappointment with how he how he perhaps dealt with the third goal. He perhaps rushed out a little bit to the the player and and got di- got done. Um, you know, but but at the same time, I think what I was impressed with was that. The, the game plan changed a little bit and he wasn't expected to use his feet too much. He was, you know, obviously Emery, you know, gave him the option to 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 play to play it long if he wanted to from goal kicks and, and so on. Um he wasn't he wasn't put under under any pressure, particularly with his with his feet too much, I felt. Um which 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 helped. And I think in that regard, he's he's probably a, a you know a perfectly serviceable um, number two at the moment. But obviously, moving forward, he probably doesn't have the the skill set required to um, you know to to play the way Emery wants. But but maybe I mean we'll talk about Martinez in a minute. But maybe he doesn't either. You know, I tweeted after the Liverpool game, um, which which got a little bit of, a little bit of um, a little bit of traction that uh, I felt it was now an emergency for, for Olsen to be replaced because it was then 14 goals he'd conceded in four appearances. And that's not four full games because he came on as a substitute for Martinez in one of those games. So he didn't even play the full 90 minutes in one of those four appearances. So 14 goals in four appearances, to me, is was an emergency and then he goes and follows it up with a clean sheet against Spurs which we'll get onto in a minute but for me the point that you made is is key anyway maybe it's not an emergency maybe I was a little bit uh, overzealous there but certainly if you want a goalkeeper who's going to play out with his feet and that is the system that you're trying to employ certainly I think we could probably agree clean sheet against Spurs or not Olsen is not the man for that. No, and I think I think the context as well in those games is important. I think was it Manchester City, um, Man United in the cup, and and obviously Liverpool. Um, and I think the anomaly is probably Newcastle, but it must. I think we'd have lost that game four 0 anyway if Martinez hadn't got injured. So um, I think the context of of the games is important when you know. I think. You know, sometimes goalkeepers play and they let in goals. You know, and that's that's not always their fault. I certainly don't think any of the goals against Liverpool was were, was Olsen's fault particularly. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I I think long term he's he's not he's you know he's 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 not going to have too much of a future. But at the moment, Emery seems quite happy to to rely on him and. He certainly didn't let us stand against Spurs. I know we're about to talk about Mar- Martinez in a second now, but why is it, do you think, and I, I don't know the answer to this, which is why I'm asking you, why do you think it is that we ha- seem to have such a problem with goalkeepers? Like, we have signed a boatload of them. Mark Bunn, Kalinic, Nyland, Moreira, Reina, Olsen, all of those in the last four, five, six years. Sam Johnson on Galini as well. Sam Johnson on loan was 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 good. So Heaton was okay, but got injured. I think he only started twelve games, and and that was it. So even Heaton, you could put in the in the failure column, not through being crap, just because the, the signing didn't work out. Seven million pounds for for twelve Premier League appearances or what it, whatever it was, it isn't good business for Aston Villa. So even 
all of those goalkeepers, probably apart from Sam Johnston and and obviously the obvious exception is the obvious exception is Martinez, who we're about to talk about. Why do we have as a football club for years? Why have we just had a generation of crap goalies? How how is it even possible we get it so badly wrong every single time, except for two? Which I would say it's it's no different with the outfield players, though, is it? proportionately we probably it's probably a similar situation if you look at that time period you know we're talking about the the latter end of the Randy Lerner years um until the you know throughout the championship years and and obviously until Martinez you know Martinez joined I think it's an incredibly difficult thing to get right um like you say, I think we have had. I mean, I think Steer did well while he while he was in goal. For that well, I mean, he, well. he was signed about ten years ago. Yeah, yeah he was a since Benteke days. <laughs> yeah, it, he's probably it, played with Ashley Young the first time, on, <laughs> more or less, or close enough. But it, but then I, I think it's a, I just think it's a very difficult thing to get right, and and and, and let's not forget that even Emmy Martinez, who we'll, we'll we'll move on to, but he he's. He was a punt at the time. You True, know, we're yeah. signing Arsenal's reserve goalkeeper. You know, he's 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 made a career a ten year over ten year period being at Arsenal, just being on loan at various different places, wherever would take him. Um he'd had one half a season where he'd 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 flourished, he'd looked good at Arsenal. He was still regarded as their number two, he'd won the FA Cup. Um and he you know, it was a big call on both sides to to bring him in. Um, so, you know, it was the right call. It worked. It's worked out up to now, and he's obviously you know gone and achieved great things. But I'm not. I'm, I I I think it's like any signing. I just think when it's a goalkeeper, it stands out more because there's only one of them. But you know, we've we've had some absolute howlers in the transfer market. Um, over the last ten years or so, and and you know, well before that as well, it's very very difficult, I think. And um, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, if you, I mean, some some clubs have a settled goalkeeper, don't they, for years? Um, we're also in that, you know, we're in that sticky kind of um, place in the food chain where it's not easy to go and get by the best players in 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 certain positions. Um, we have to kind of take. Um, a bit of a chance on someone who's emerging or who's less fancied, and 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 uh, you know, and improve them. That's 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 the position we're in at the moment. We can't go and sign the top players. Why? Why do you think we lost Tom Heaton? Now, Tom Heaton is fourth choice at Man United. Fifth choice? Has he got his boots dirty? Was the injury so bad that his top top level career is is finished? And and he knew that he was he was only good enough for third or fourth choice. Now, do do we know? Because although Tom Heaton obviously is no is no Andrea Perlo with his feet either, you'd feel much happier, or I would. I won't put words in your mouth, Andy. I'd feel much happier with Tom Heaton popping in for Martinez when 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 he's away or or, or whatever or injured than I would Robin Olsen. And he he was here. He was, he was in the building. I think he made the choice that he'd rather sit on the Man United bench than the Villa bench because he's a Oh, but he's not even on the Man United bench. He's in. He's in the stand with the, the, the with the with the legends with Brian McClare drinking hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a Man United boy, isn't he? So I think I think it was an opportunity to to represent the 
the, the club he supports at the latter end of his career. So he, he, he took that option to, to go. He obviously could, he, he could have stayed at Villa. Uh, he perhaps didn't get any real assurances that he'd get, get any sat game time. So, um, he took the opportunity to go, to go there. And I suppose you're only ever one or two injuries away from, from being first choice, aren't you? But, um, yeah, it was a, sh- a shame. I, I'm a, I, I did, I did feel it was a shame when he, when he did, when he did leave and, uh, he could have, um, yeah. And I, like you, I, I would feel I would feel better because I think he is he is quite good. Perhaps with his feet, he, he probably would have been a, a little bit better in this system now. But um, yeah, we we are where we are with 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 what we have. I'd prefer Pepe Reina even <laughs> seeing him seeing him playing for Villarreal at, at Villa Park the other week. I thought, yeah, uh, even if Pepe, he was Re- there, Pepe Reina was was not was not a. You may have uh, rose tinted glasses there, Andy. <laughs> he, he was not all that in a bag of chips when he was here. No. Uh, we, we had a I remember him going, then. going. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, <laughs> this is but, true. Um, yeah, I mean, on 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 Martinez, really. I mean, it, you know, he has he has returned um, from his his celebrations in Argentina. Um, he was he, he had minimal kind of uh, media kind of output for regarding him. Um, I thought they might have made a, a bit more of him coming back. Um, and you know, returning to training and maybe an interview here and there, but um, you know, it's 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 been a bit low key. Um, he wasn't deemed sort of ready to start against Spurs um, yesterday, um, and even maybe maybe not against Wolves. Um, apparently on on Wednesday, um, speculation obviously continues about his future. There's always there's all sorts of. Uh, talk about his relationship with Emery from the Arsenal days and whether whether he wants out, whether Emery wants him out. I, I, I'm not really buying into to any of that at the moment. Um, but he is currently hot property, isn't he, in the goalkeeping world? He's he's probably at the top of um, his value at the moment. So, I mean, what do you what do you make of that situation? Um, Olsen, I mean, obviously, you've made it clear how you feel about Olsen uh, in terms of an option. Um, is it just a case of simply waiting for Martinez to be physically and psychologically ready, or, or, or could there be more to it, do you think, regarding a possible exit sooner than later? I think that I think that there's a lot of... Um... I think there's a lot of two and two being put together and, and, and someone's coming up with a, a, a cheese sandwich... Um, my 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 impression is that um, that the that the Martinez Emery feud from the Arsenal days is just a, a, a bit of make believe. I don't know that that's real. Um, I've certainly not heard anything from either party to to make me feel that's real. Um, Martinez has said great things about the club. Emery has said only complimentary things about Martinez, particularly identifying Martinez's uh, mentality and how he needs people with that elite winning mentality. It, you know, to, to go from Oxford United to being champion of the world with Lionel Messi with a Copa America in between is no mean feat. To get there, you don't have to have talent. You also have, have to have a special elite mentality. Uh, Neil Cutler actually alluded to that mentality in, in one of his interviews, I think, with, with Ben Foster, when he was talking about Martinez sometimes being a little bit too much for the other players in terms of that mentality, in terms of his 
incredible desire to win and his his kind of elite level mentality being maybe a little bit uncomfortable for some of the players where we don't have that mentality some of the players who aren't necessarily pushing themselves to the very edge of their of their capabilities so for me martinez is is aston villa star star player although i think uh, buba kamara is coming up fast on his heels as is douglas louise as he's kicking on to new levels but martinez is our number one player he's our number one uh, not not only in, in in name but also in 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 stature, probably our most famous player now. Also, uh, since Jack Grealish has gone on to um, to to join Tom Heaton and uh, Scott Parker on 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 the sidelines, and it's really important for us in terms of our stature, I would imagine, to keep someone like Martinez around because we know that our CEO and we know that our owners for all of their for all of their talents. We know that Perslow in particular is in love with the 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 buzz and the star name and the the kudos and the merchandising and licensing opportunities that come along with having a world champion goalkeeper in your in your midst. And also in terms of using that to attract other players. I'm sure Martinez's position in the squad was 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 instrumental in terms of attracting some of our other um, uh, uh, talent from that region of the world, Diego Carlos, uh, Philip Coutinho. We've just convinced Douglas Luiz to sign a new deal. Having a World Cup winner in between the sticks is is really an important part of of, of the journey. So, yes, I think in terms of cashing in, yeah, absolutely. Martinez is at he is at his saleable peak right now. His stock will never be higher than being a world champion. Unless he's, you know, playing Champions League for Villa and being a world champion, but in terms of his his career trajectory, he is at the very peak of his powers. Um, but I can't see that the owners are trying to do that. I think that we are trying to build something here, and I think now with Emery in the door, we're seeing already that we have the possibility to, but but perhaps dare I say, touching wood here, touching it. You hear? Dare I say we have a chance to move forward rather quickly now with a with a serious manager in, in the dugout and I think that Martinez is part of that yeah I hope so it would be it would be very villa wouldn't it to talk endlessly for for years and multiple owners and managers talking about wanting winning mentalities and, and winners in the team and then immediately to sell the first ever World Cup winner <laughs> um, <laughs> we have but you know I suppose I, I suppose we don't know we we we're not we're not party to discussions that go on and 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 promises or or agreements that are made and we don't know what the situation was necessarily in terms of Emery's thoughts and Martinez's thoughts before the World Cup. So um, you know we'll we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I re- I really hope I really hope that there's nothing in any of the um, the, the rumours um, and I hope he just gets back in the team sooner rather than later and, and just continues his, his, his great form and continues his progress because he's he's getting better all the time I think and uh, he's had some difficult times I think 2022 has not necessarily been been great but it hasn't been great for 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 the club generally and for for, for any of the players really so um I think I think it'd be it'd be nice if he played against Wolves because he'll get a, he'll get a an, an incredible um, reception, you know, when he takes the field again, and and I hope he's in the team and and I'm des- just desperate for him to 
you know, to stay at least for this season. But obviously, he's he's going to have his own sort of professional um, uh, ambitions, and and they will have probably been accelerated or altered slightly um, by what what has happened in the last month or two for for him. Um, but uh, you know, we'll wait and see. Yeah, and and in terms of him not playing against Spurs again, I think a lot was was made of that. I think that. I think that probably he wasn't ready, and I I base that not only on you know the some of the pictures we saw of Martinez where uh, he was let's say he was jet lagged, Andy. Okay. Let's say he was just <laughs> let's go with that, where Martinez was clearly jet lagged from all of his travel, <laughs> um, and having you know I I make a number of transatlantic flights uh, and and to different parts of the world because I live over across the pond, as it were. Jet lag is a real thing, Andy, and it will do that to your eyes. It will. It will make them look like that. So let's go with. <laughs> so let's go with that. Martinez had jet lag, and that he wasn't quite ready. And now he's had a few more days in the country. Hopefully, he's ready for Wolves. Certainly, you want to get your best players on the pitch. There's no one really arguing. I don't think that Olsen is a better player than Martinez. So uh, hopefully, uh, Martinez does stay against Wolves. But let's be let's be pragmatic here. We did speak on the last podcast, I think, about the possibility that Martinez may have a release clause. If Martinez has a very large release clause, let's say for £70 million, something in the region of the, the Kepa deal uh, for, to Chelsea, who's the, the world record uh, um, holder for a, a transfer, the largest transfer for a goalkeeper. Let's say that there is something in the 60 to £70 million pound, um, trigger in Martinez's contract. And let's suppose also, this is all hypothetical, let's also suppose that he does want to move to a Champions League club, be that at home or abroad, and that someone comes in and triggers that. Yes, it would be very sad for Aston Villa. And I'm not contradicting everything I said. I do believe that he's part of the furniture and I do believe that he he, he is going to be staying here. But let's just let's just indulge it for a moment. If he does move along... And let's say that Emery then has 20 or 30 million to spend on a goalkeeper and he brings someone in who he's familiar with who is better on the ball, on the deck than Martinez, maybe not as good of a shot stopper. Um, but if you'd face less shots as you do you did against Tottenham because the defence is playing very well, then shot stopping becomes less important. It wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world i don't think this the sky would implode over villa park if that were to happen so let's 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 be reasonable about it if that did happen i think it wouldn't be good but it, it wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world but again i think martinez is staying i think he's part of part of the the, the villa the villa fabric and um and, and long may he continue to grow and and be one of the greatest goalkeepers in the world yeah let's hope so and i think i think you know, as a deal, a deal in that in that kind of realm would be would be good for Villa. You know, it'd be impossible to you, you've you've pretty much quadrupled what you paid for him then, and you know you've you you can't you can't sniff at that really, particularly for goalkeepers. So um, yeah, it'd be it'd be tricky, but I'm sure we'd I'm sure we'd recover and and we'd be able to sign you know a similarly uh, talented. Player, you know, to replace. We could him. bring back Galini from Spurs. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, it, is he at Fiorentina now? Did he move to Fiorentina? <laughs> I 
idea. I'm just Google of. I just googled him. He's, he's at Fiorentina now. Yeah. Oh, it seems Spurs didn't want him either. No, All right. Anyway, no. <laughs> that's enough Galini chat for today, Andy. Yeah. Nice, nice segue into Tottenham though, um, because that's where where we're heading next. Um, New Year's Day. Um, we played. We went away to to Spurs. Um, huge game. Emery's had a hell of a run for his first four four matches in charge and uh, and this was going to be uh, another huge test particularly with our sticky away form um, this season um, it was an unchanged team Olsen obviously keeping his place Martinez returned to the bench uh, Matty Cash also um, another player I don't think any of the players in the World Cup who we, any of the four have actually started a game um, yet anyway so um you know, maybe you know Emery's keeping his powder dry with some of those players, but he was a substitute. But obviously, came on to quite good effect in the second half. Philip Coutinho also a, a sub with with um, Morgan Sanson making a, a rare appearance in the squad as well. It's very much a, an industrial first half. I thought um, Villa managed to 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 kind of shackle. Um, uh, Spurs' attack really well. I think I, I saw it something like 19 minutes or something before Harry Kane got a touch, uh, which is which is pretty incredible. Um, and Watkins had a good chance, which he created himself and kind of scuffed his shot, which was a, a, a bit of a shame in the end. Um, but I mean, interesting sort of first half approach, really. Um, what did you think of 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 that? And you know how well Villa perhaps executed that plan. I think it was a perfect plan. I think it was a perfect plan in terms of Olsen because, again, the high line exposed him really badly against Liverpool. There was no such high line. And it exposed also Mings and Konza as well. They spent a lot of time chasing Nunes in that Liverpool game and it, 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 it was a problem. Now, when you have Son and Harry Kane, the last thing you want to do is have a high line because Harry Kane is one of the best in the league at finding those through balls. Son is one of the best finishers in the league and he's very fast. Uh, but there just wasn't any of that space in behind. It was a back six at times. Uh, Henry was playing his uh, six-two-two formation for much of that first half, and I think that's the kind of game plan that that we might see from from Emery, particularly in tough away games, where it seemed like his modus operandi there was to really suck the love, suck the fun out of the stadium, suck the energy out of the crowd, get everyone moody and disgruntled, and and really and really make the game really scrappy and really difficult for Spurs, which he did. And Spurs are not exactly some swashbuckling side anyway under 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 uh, Antonio Conte, as the Spurs fans will tell you themselves. So it did make for quite a dire affair, which after I had had precisely three and a half hours sleep uh, <laughs> on <laughs> New Year's Eve, um, getting up for that one made it much more easy to 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 follow because it was so... It was quite putrid, I think. <laughs> Industrial might be to to put paint too much glitter on it there, Andy. Uh, uh, yeah, the the first half display was, I think, Emery executing a game plan to 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 spoil, to frustrate, and to get into halftime at nil nil. Seemed to be the game plan, and in terms of a game plan, it worked absolutely perfectly for Aston Villa. Yeah, I heard someone. Um, talking about Rafa Benitez the other day and, and referring to his his philosophy as when you play a better team, when you're up against a team that's, you know, more dangerous, the idea is really to shorten the game. So making it, you know, yeah. the, the, the more minutes you can you can tick off that game, 
and then you can have a go you know sort of te- you know second half or, t- or or 10 minutes at the end or whatever you can you can kind of go toe to toe a little bit more and that was very much that's very much a, a Rafa Benitez um philosophy and I think I th- it felt like a little bit like that yesterday as well it was almost like yeah we, we were at Spurs we know they're a bit jittery we know that um they're they're you know s- struggling a little bit they go behind you know and if you hit them early, like Brentford did the week before, went two 0 up, then they've got the whole second half to to come back into the game, and it felt like it, that it was very much the plan that if we are going to obviously if we go ahead early, we go ahead early, but the plan is to to you know frustrate, you know make them jittery, get the crowd on their back, you know in the first half, and then reduce the time that they have in order to, to make these comebacks that they've been making um, all season. So I think it was the seventh game in a row that Tottenham have conceded two goals. Um, first time they've done that since the late 80s or something like that. And it, it just felt like um, it was a it was a really sort of well thought out game plan and it, and it was executed to absolute perfection, which is um is really really pleasing and I don't care if the uh, the Tottenham fans or the commentators or the media were were bored by that first half it was absolute um I was at, I was at work I've watched the rerun of it um but um it was music to my ears hearing people saying how dull it was was it more <laughs> or less entertaining than 45 minutes at work for you Andy <laughs> Well, I was glad I was at work put it like that <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, it just it just felt it it felt like um, you know, and and we're we're seeing these games now, and this is the joy of of having this manager. We are seeing games where what he is, what he wants from a game is happening on the field, and this is this is like um, something from from your from fiction novels for Villa fans. This is this is just something we 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 haven't had for so long. It's yeah. the wisdom of ours, isn't it? Yeah. I've used this analogy before, but it is when Dorothy goes from black and white in Kansas into the wonderful world of Oz and, um, you know, meets, meets the munchkins. Unai Emery has us in, I don't want to spend any, waste any more breath on the previous incumbent, um, so I won't, but Emery has transformed us into already we're seeing, we're seeing a clear plan and we're seeing something quite, quite exciting taking shape. Now Emery even is 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 making players who have been really shorn of any kind of confidence, John McGinn in particular. He's reinvented John McGinn as this kind of swashbuckling winger. And it's 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 paying off really handsomely for John McGinn as well. So 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 th- that's just one example. But John McGinn may be the best example in terms of how a player has gone from looking really quite crap, if we're being, you know, fair, to looking exceptional again. And finally, I I think I said to you lot that might be John McGinn's best game in eighteen months. Looks back to his old self. Wonderful assist, and and. And who would have thought it? I, I for one, was questioning on this very show whether, whether you know, the, the time was up for John McGinn. But in this new Emery system, he seems reborn. And he's not alone in that. And that, this is what happens when you have a manager who's able to get 
the most out of its players rather than the least. And that transformation, I think, is clear to see, and long may it continue. I think players are having uh, have got clear instructions, haven't they? They, they? they know what the game plan is. It makes sense to them. So when John McGinn is covering at right back, he understands why, and, he, and there's a system behind it as well. It's not just because... Um, you know, we, we've emptied the midfield, and the and the, the fullbacks are, you know, Matty Cash is, you know, putting in playing a, next to Watkins. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's actually there's actually a, a system. There's a there's there's a way of doing it, and you know, and, and I mean, in terms of, you know, they set up as a four four two. McGinn's playing as a number eight. He's playing in a similar. If you look at the the heat maps and things, he's playing in a similar kind of position to what he was before. It's just that he's he's got a, a clear idea of 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 what's go what he's meant to be doing, and he's got space on the ball as well, and and, and that's yeah the, that's the big we're creating space for each other, um, and the system, and that really helps him yeah absolutely it really helps him having that space because he he needs he's not as fast as Douglas Louise or Kamara in those tight spaces we know <laughs> I may have said his short kind of quick passing is not his strength and and I think getting him out of that congested midfield area uh, where he can see space he can hit and hit, hit across as he did wonderfully for Ollie Watkins he has time to pick a pass it, it really is is what we all wanted to see you, you want to hide the players weaknesses and accentuate their positives John McGinn's weaknesses which we know what they are the, 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 the passing, the, the, the congested areas, when his backside doesn't work, he loses possessions in, turns over the ball in dangerous places. Him being out of that midfield, uh, central midfield area in terms of, in terms of how we're, we're setting up, it hides those weaknesses and we get to see the best of John McGinn. We get to see him hustling and bustling. We get to see him putting in crosses. We get to see him assisting. We get to see him breaking into the box as he does against Brighton and winning a penalty. And I think the goals will come. He had a wonderful chance against Liverpool. Should have done better, obviously. And and maybe John McGinn can start to score the goals that he did for Scotland. And I I've been I've poo pooed John McGinn. So I want to take the opportunity to 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 be fair and balanced because when he was bad, I was quite happy to say how bad he was. But now he's playing really well. So so it's only fair that I I, I say the same thing. Now John McGinn's goal record for Aston Villa is 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 not good. He has scored nine Premier League goals in in 117 appearances. So we're talking about three goals a season, uh, less than three goals a season, which is which is poor. So hopefully, him being in this position, him being able to break into those forward areas, will allow us to see some more numbers from John McGinn in terms of contributing towards the, the, the goal tally. Because we know that when he's in the position, maybe not heading it, as we saw against Liverpool, but when it comes to his feet, he's he's quite a good finisher as well. He can he can find a bottom corner, he can find a top corner, as he's done in big pressure games for, 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 for Scotland. So good for John McGinn. I wanted to take a moment to, to give him some love because I have been really critical of him and I think fairly so he has been bad for a long time but hey again up 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 the villa up the jump again and long may it continue yeah I think and some of that is is obviously he was hamstrung by by the the setup wasn't he like so many players you know just just not not able to not able to play their game because of whatever they were being asked to do um, or not being asked to do but he's he's he's, he's found a niche now and, and he's 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 responding he's responding to the challenge and, and and it's it's great to see 
Um, but Villa, I mean, we haven't talked about any of the goals yet. But uh, Villa opened the scoring um, quite early in the in the in the second half. Um, Buendia um, with the finish after Lloris had made a, a real hash of a, a Douglas Luiz shot. Um, what Spurs defense? I mean, they were just they were just watching, weren't they? They were right on their heels, didn't react at all. Uh, Watkins got in and and you know really calm, nice nice cut back to Buendia who finished finished really well. Um, good goal, you know, so, but it's a slightly different role that Buendia has been asked to play, kind of coming off the left, drifting into a bit of a number ten position at times, but obviously, you know being responsible for get, getting through quite a lot of work in the midfield as well. Um, how do you think he's, he's he's doing and do you think he can sort of fend off the competition that's already in the squad? We've got a few players sort of buzzing around. Obviously, Coutinho's still there as well. Um, and, and obviously, the, there may be some new arrivals, you know, various, various sort of wide players have been touted. Um, how's, he, how's he doing? You, you pleased with what you're seeing from Buendia? I'm probably more pleased than you are, Andy. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I think that Buendia is really uh, uh, Nunes was was a good example earlier of someone who is it's not quite clicking yet, but you can see that it that it's all there. Buendia almost every game creates some kind of magical opening for someone to score a goal, and invariably they miss. I think there's a there's a there's a I don't know the, the the handle, but there's a there's a a compilation doing the round somewhere on Twitter of all the wonderful through balls that that Wendy's laid on a plate for Watkins, Ings, etc., and that they've managed to conspire to miss, and that his assists would be somewhere outside the outside of the, off, off the chain. If you look in terms of him, his chance creation, as he was when he was playing for Norwich, he's still amongst the best in the league. Now it's our job as 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 as, as as a well, that's not my job. I don't work there, but it's Emery's job to make sure that he gets the players on the end of those chances who who can finish them and to to improve those, those that 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 facet. I think that we're seeing with Buendia, he tries to do really difficult things, and 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 those don't always come off because they're kind of they're low percentage, they're low percentage things. They're, they're things that he's trying are really difficult. I think that he has opportunities to play on the right. He can also play on the left. He can also play behind the striker uh, as he did with Danny Ings, as we saw in the 2-1 win against Brighton. So I think there's three roles for Buendia in this, in this Emery system. And I think that he is, he is, he is safe for, 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 for now. Although I will say that um, Philip Coutinho, I don't want to get carried away here, looked absolutely rejuvenated in that cameo appearance against Spurs. He looked like that guy we saw against Southampton and Leeds last last season. Um, so long may that continue. The more competition we have, the, the, the merrier. And again, the difference I think we'll see with Brendia and, and the rest of them and begin, unlike the previous incumbent where Coutinho would start regardless of how he was playing, I don't think Emery has the same attitude. I think if you're not performing, I think he will move you onto the bench, which is exactly how it should be. But in terms of Buendia, I think he is beginning now. He's beginning. He isn't there yet, but he's beginning to show signs that it was it was a record signing well well done because he has a certain je ne sais quoi uh, that, that is starting to come through. Yeah, he... 
I, I sometimes I, I feel with him, and I, I, I probably judge him quite harshly, that he, I, my impression is you get annoyed with him. My impression Andy. is that he gives, <laughs> he gives the ball away <laughs> unnecessarily get... quite a lot. Um, he gets caught a lot in possession, and he, 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 he makes silly mistakes. But what I would say is actually, you know, having sit, having watched him now you know, playing in this role, which is maybe slightly um, out of, you know, different to how he how he's played before. Look, he's he's always been a very capable player and he's, you know, he's, he, he works hard, he gives everything, which I think comes across really well to the fans. But like you say, it is those, you know, it's, sometimes it is those, you know, lovely little bits of magic that he, he brings to the game that just isn't picked up on. Um you know, by 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 the other players, it doesn't come to anything. Or, you know, occasionally he'll he'll he he will get an assist. Someone will score, or he'll score, um, and he'll get he'll get that reward for all that endeavour um, and all those things that he's trying. And the one thing I would say is, you know, um, I don't, I don't want to be one of these people that criticises a player for for trying things because I think that's what he's there to do. He's got that quality. I think sometimes he thinks he's better than he is, um, you know, and he, that's why he's, he he tries things. But I, at the end of the day, I want, you know, that's what I want Aston Villa players, certainly attacking players, to be doing. I want them to be playing with freedom and 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 and, and trying to create goals, create and score goals, which is what he does. You know, he had that he had that little shot, didn't he, in the first half, twenty five yards. You know. You know, it's a good effort. That's what I want to see him doing more often. I want to see him getting into positions and backing himself. You know, and and uh, and I think in this in this role that he that he's in now, he will do that. And I think as well, there's less. It's shared out a little bit more. So you've got Douglas Louise playing more creative with with more creativity. You've got McGinn breaking forward and the two guys up front. It's not all about. Whether Buendia or Coutinho can can win the game for you or do something magic, he's part of a process, and um, I think it will really suit him. And I think he'll relax now and um, and kick on to another level. I think we will see um, him holding on to that, you know, that that place in the team. And you know, I can see him. I can see him notching up a few more goals and assists in the second half of the season. I have to say, impressed with him in the last three or four games. Yeah, and he and he needs to. He needs, you know. I've I've talked about John McGinn's numbers. Brendan also needs to up his his numbers. Four, four goals last season. Yes, in a misfiring team, but and and then he was obviously usurped for Coutinho for the second half. Uh, still not not really enough. Two goals so far this season. Again, he's he's spent most of it on the bench, but again, not really enough. He needs to be looking at double figures himself um, uh, for, for for goals and assists. To, to, to move into that next space and also if he harbors in, in international ambitions if he wants to break into that Argentinian squad Argentine Argentinian squad then then he's gonna have to up those numbers he's gonna have to do it and he's also gonna have to do it to hold on to his place at Aston Villa so it's 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 good stuff I think that he has it I believe that he has it and I believe that he can do it. And I think that he is a player, 20, only 26 years of age. He has got that next level to go and it's time for him now to to, to, to push on. Certainly by the time August comes around and we're in the new season, I want us to be all really excited about seeing Emi Buendia 
because there's plenty of time now to set all these the right age. He, he, he needs to kick on now in this next kind of six to eight months and show us what he's really about. Yeah, absolutely, and let's let's hope he can because if he does, it'll be it'll be a great sign that, that Villa are moving in the right direction. I think for sure. Um, but Villa, of course, doubled their lead. Um, I think they they seem to get better from what I've seen. They seem to improve um, after the after the first goal. Um, they didn't sit back. They they kind of continued to put the pressure on on Tottenham um, and doubled the lead with one one of the slickest goals I think Villa have scored for some some time. It was a really really lovely bit of interplay between Louise and McGinn. Superb dink ball from from um, from uh, McGinn into Louise, who controlled the ball, trapped it, and flicked the ball past Lloris almost in one one motion. It was it was a, a real real sort of striker's finish, really, wasn't it? It was it was a, a tremendous goal, um, really 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 cool finish. But I mean, I've said a few things there, but talk me through the quality of this goal, and also some perhaps some appreciation of, of the control the midfield had, particularly in that second half with Bubakar Kamara, um, Douglas Louise and John McGinn there, who seem to have gone up a few levels, um, certainly Kamara since his injury. Yeah. Well, we've, we've, we've bemoaned the midfield for a long time. Um, when we saw the midfield three, a week after week after week of Ramsey, McGinn and Louise, you just knew we wouldn't get dominated in there because those three players together, the the chemistry, the alchemy, it was not right. But the alchemy with 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 Kamara and Louise is is off the charts. Both of them seem to bring out the best in each other. Uh, Kamara is is an incredible incredible talent. Uh, I'm I'm now scared of both their release clauses, which which apparently may be in both of their of their contracts because these two are very very special, particularly together. We always knew Douglas Louise was going to move into the next realm, and we're talking about Buendia moving to the next level. Louise has done that now; still only twenty three or twenty four, but he's got the hundred games under his belt. We've kind of seen his, uh, you know, we were we we it was like the Beatles. We we kind of saw him playing in the in in the crappy bars and 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 you know breaking guitar strings and now he's moving into real pop superstardom in terms of being a Premier League stalwart and he's he's really moving on to the next level and the pair of them together they're so complimentary they're both so press resistant they're both so quick and eager at interchanging pass and move accurate they both have a skill they can both win a foul they can both make a foul and be and be cynical when they need to stop an attack or stop a counter attack and also both of them have a range of passing which is incredible and now Douglas Louise is adding goals to that not only did he create the goal for Ollie Watkins against Liverpool he's now also scored an incredible goal which dare I say <laughs> dare I say I'm not sure you know Danny Ings or Archer th- themselves could have controlled that ball and finished it any better um, than they did completely bamboozling both Defender and Louis uh, and, and Loris sorry in the Spurs goal Loris thinks it's going to his right hand side and, and he kind of prods it the other way in the opposite direction he was going it was almost insulting it's almost like a five a side finish uh, yeah. that, that yeah. a lad might do never mind doing that in a Premier League game against a World Cup winning French international captain goalkeeper we're talking about incredible stuff. And as well with, with Douglas Louise's set piece prowess that we've seen. We've seen goals from corners. We've seen we're seeing we're seeing dangerous free kicks and all the other stuff. We are now beginning to see this this guy, as I say, he is now moving into pop superstardom. 
he's beginning to collect those number one hits. Uh, he's already got the. Uh, he, he, we've already seen him in the in in the tabloids with the with the with the, with the glamorous uh, football wife <laughs> or partner. Uh, it's just about them maintaining that now. Um, both of them are a good age, and the scary thing about both of them, Kamara in particular, uh, for a word on him, he's he's like a daddy long legs or an octopus in there. It just seems like the ball's passing him, and he sticks out a leg or a chest or a head to just intercept it. He seems to have an almost telepathic uh, 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 understanding of where the football's going to travel and how to position his body, any kind of part of his body, in the way of that ball to intercept it. But not only doesn't he intercept it, he's also able to kill it, trap it, recycle it and, and and distribute it, give it to a better place teammate. As he did for that second goal, that was Kamara. Uh, Harry Kane thinks that he's a uh, uh, Perlo there playing defensive midfield for, for Tottenham, about to spray one. Kane's dawdling. Kamara picks his pocket, lays off the ball to his mate, Douglas Louise. Douglas Louise plays it into McGinn. More importantly for Douglas Louise. He carries on his run. Watkins makes a decoy run around the outside. McGinn doesn't rush the pass. Holds it, holds it, holds it, waits for the run. Delicious pass from John McGinn. And again, that one touch to control it dead and then the poke around the corner. It was sexual. And it is fair to say, if that had been scored by a more glamorous team than Aston Villa, if Spurs had to score that goal, if that was Kane and Son, it would have been wall-to-wall coverage about how wonderful they are. But because it's Aston Villa, we don't get that same kind of love, Andy. But it doesn't matter because under Uncle Unai, we will climb the table and we'll begin to get the love that we deserve. Yeah, it was it was a good moment. I was actually on my way back from my shift at work. Um, so I had a, uh, a rare um, steering wheel banging celebration moment um, <laughs> In the car, which which was which is always nice, you know, uh, as that that goal went in. And, and and to be fair, that I was listening to Five Live, um, and they they absolutely loved that goal. That the, the commentators um, on Five Live, they were really really impressed with the football Villa were playing. Um, you know, obviously the, the the story is Spurs, isn't it? And Conte and moaning and and all the rest of it, but. You know, let's not. Villa Villa won that game, and Villa know, did them. This yeah. this wasn't an upset. This was this was comprehensive. This was a, a comprehensive a tunnel as as you've seen. But you know, bearing in mind, Olsen has not had a save to make. Ashley Young at least made one for him. But Olsen has not Olsen has not muddied his shirts uh, his shorts in that game. There, he's he, the the kit man's got a day off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and 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 that is the thing. If you can protect your goalkeeper like that, it doesn't matter who's in goal, does it? But um, yeah, it was certainly it was a, it was a perfect sort of away performance against a, a big team in a you know in a, in a in a big stadium, and you know hearing the boos um, ringing out um, at the end of the game was was just 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 fantastic to hear, and it meant Villa had had really done a number on them, and. Um, I, I mean, it's just it's just great, isn't it, to be talking about about these players? Um, and Emery hasn't signed anyone; he hasn't changed anything um, in terms of the personnel. These are the same players, but it's night and day. The difference he hasn't got it, um, he hasn't got Danny Murphy on Talk Sports saying, "Well, if only you had uh, Diego Carlos, maybe you could do something." <laughs> Shut up. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 good. It's nice to be. It's nice to be kind of 
because the, the 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 gaslighting, if you if you will, that went on from from our old managers' pals in the media about how terrible this was all, all our players were, how he wasn't backed in the market, which was just false. And then to see this guy come in, very cool, very calm, and Emery's so nice as well. He like kills you with the kindness, you know. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Always polite to the to the to the members of the press. Unlike again the previous incumbent, it's just a complete switch around. And the fact that he just goes about his business so quietly. There's no bravado. There's no nonsense. There's no, you know, so and so needs to look me in the eye or any of that, or any of that macho BS. It's just work. He just does the work, and then the work shows. You know, you, you you get out what you put in, and Emery's putting it in, and yeah. it's it's beautiful to see. It is great to see, and that the players are buying into it. Most importantly, and you know, it's nine points. And if we'd have looked at that, if Gerard had been in charge, and we'd looked at those games, Man United, Brighton away, Liverpool at home, and and Spurs away, we wouldn't have been looking at nine points, would we? <laughs> I think two two or three at a push. Yeah, absolute maximum, and and I think um, now we're, we're we're pushing up the league. We're into twelfth. Obviously, we've we've hit the twenty point mark, um, and it's it, it's it's looking good. And you know, maybe we can make a certainly you know a, a, a have a decent tilt at the top half. Um, if not, the, the you know maybe have a little nibble at the European places if we're if we're going to get a little bit ahead of ourselves, but. The reason I say that is no one else in the league is is seems to be, um, you know, re- really kind of putting down a marker for that at the moment. Well, I think I think if I look at the Premier League table as I'm about to look, I look, I look who's who's in a false position. Beneath us, you would say you would have expected Everton to be doing better. Not Everton, sorry. You'd be expecting West Ham to be doing better. You'd expect Leicester to be doing better. But I think Villa have better sides than both of those teams and, and West Ham are miles off it and Leicester have been struggling badly as well. So you don't really have to worry about anyone behind you overtaking you if we maintain this similar levels of form. Ahead of us, you think Palace can be caught, Brighton are not the same now without Potter, Fulham I think are having a bit of a golden summer. You, you'd imagine it's going to be difficult for them to maintain this kind of level of form. Uh, Brentford likewise. So there's, there's, there's three or four teams there that could be got at. And, and, and again, if we overtake those four teams that I just mentioned, if we can get ahead of Brentford, Fulham, Brighton, Crystal Palace, which again is not pie in the sky, that's eighth place. Mm, yeah. If we yeah, can get ahead of those teams, that's eighth place for Aston Villa. Yeah. Yeah, and that's certainly worth worth working towards. Um, you know, we'll talk about the FA Cup in a minute um, as well, which is a, a potential avenue, obviously into into Europe as well. And obviously, a, a I've just seen. The, sorry, <laughs> Brentford have just beaten Liverpool three one. I've just seen. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, you know, okay. they might be about to lose their striker to a, a gambling suspension. So we'll we'll, we'll wait and see. Wait and see. I wouldn't bet on that, Andy. Oh no! And I, 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 I would recommend that he doesn't either. Um, no, I know. I, 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 in, all, in all seriousness about that, I, I hope if if um, Ivan Tony is a really talented player, I, I want as an England fan, I want him to go to the World Cup. I understand why he couldn't with this with this charge uh, uh, coming down the pipe. It, in all in all seriousness, um, you know, gambling. If he does have a gambling problem, I'm not saying that he does, but if he does. I hope he gets the support he needs because that's a very um, that can be a very debil- debilitating thing um, 
no matter how much money you make. So I do help he, hope if he does have a problem, and I don't know that he does, but if he does have a problem, I, I hope that he's getting the, the support that he needs, Ivan Tony. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely, and we'll see what happens with his charges. But um, Wednesday night, we've got uh, the, is it a local derby, Wolverhampton? Yeah, it is. is. It? It's not the local it? derby, but it's a local derby. It's, it's locally local enough, isn't it? I heard someone describe it as the, the a social media derby um, the other yeah, day, I mean, which it's, is probably true. Um, yeah. We, it's it gets it can get feisty um, in the ground certainly and obviously they're coming uh, hoping for for a real upturn in form under their new manager Lopetegui. Um, he's got a huge job job on hasn't he to to move himself away from the relegation zone. Um, they were bottom of the league going into the the break I believe, but they've they've, they've beat Everton and had a, a narrow defeat to Man United at the weekend. Um, there are doubts for Villa um, regarding Douglas Louise and John McGinn, who both went off injured. <laughs> We've just waxed lyrical about them, but we're not not entirely sure the extent of their injuries. Um, and Ramsey's still yet to start as well for, for you know since since we we came back. Um, it'll be a, a different test again um, against Wolves. Um, they'll probably set up. I would imagine not to lose. They'll they'll be trying to keep it keep it fairly tight at the back. Uh, Villa will have to break them down really, and we've we've not proved too good at that this season. But how do you see Emery approaching this one, and and could we see a more perhaps attacking approach from from Emery? I think we will. Obviously, um, Wolves have have had some problems uh, uh, in 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 attack. Scoring goals goals has been difficult for them. Obviously, the unfortunate head injury to um, Jimenez um, seems to have unfortunately set him back a little bit. We know all about bad injuries setting players back at Aston Villa, so it's it's not something we uh, we, we 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 say lightly. Um, but Jimenez is not not what he was, and he was for me when he was flying, he was the best striker outside the top six in the league. I, I thought he was really really doing well. I think they've signed or are about to sign the Brazilian lad from Atletico Madrid that we are we were linked with. I'm not sure if he's signed now or not or whether he'll be available for Wednesday, but certainly they've had some some problem scoring goals, which means, you know, in theory you can afford to be a little bit more expansive because you're not facing Son and Harry Kane who can kill you. Um which means we can probably push a little bit further up, which probably means a higher line, which probably means Olsen Thank you very much for Tottenham, and we'll always have Spurs away. But time for you to enjoy enjoy your uh, your 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 tea cakes on the bench with with Sanson, um, and um, and we could potentially see about 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 scoring some goals against these lot. I mean, Wolves are very good as well defensively. They don't concede a lot of goals typically. Uh, Nathan, in Nathan Collins, they have a really strong young uh, Irish centre half a, a player that I, I that, 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 that is really impressive um, so they, they, they do have a solid black ba- uh, back line um, but we do know with the likes of Buendia the likes of Bailey and Watkins we cause every team problems even you know Man City we've scored against Man City we've scored against Liverpool we can't we scored against Arsenal we can score against any team in this in this football league including Wolves so you would think we'll be a little bit more on the front foot you would imagine there won't be too many changes because it's it's probably unlikely you change a winning team. However, with such a quick turnaround um, between the, the the game on Sunday afternoon and Monday and Wednesday afternoon, you do worry for someone like Ashley Young, 
who may be as he approaches his 38th birthday is this going to be maybe a step too far with him going to the well one too many times so maybe there'll be some changes there in terms of freshness just to keep everyone ready and at it with with the obviously the Stevenage game as well to come at the weekend um, it could be it, it, it could be interesting to see what happens here. Maybe that maybe Coutinho is ready for a start. Maybe Danny Ings will get a look in if 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 uh, if if he thinks that Wolves are going to sit in a little bit more and, and and the pace of Bailey and Watkins will be less 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 relevant, perhaps. Um, but one thing's for sure: we do know with this manager, it's not not going to be any kind of um, nothing's left to chance. He has a plan, and he will have a plan to dismantle and dismember the wolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it depends on, on the fitness, doesn't it? Like you say, and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see perhaps Dendon could come into the midfield um, in place of Louise if he is injured. And maybe Buendia will switch, switch sides and, and Coutinho will come in on the, on the left. Possibly, you know, we'll see. But like you say, I don't, I don't see too many changes. There's the option of Matt Cash as well, of course, on the right hand side because he he came on in that position um, to good effect on Sunday. Yeah, I did say I, I didn't have uh, I didn't have Matt Cash at right wing and uh, Callum Chambers <laughs> in central midfield on my Unai Emery bingo card. But uh, there, there they were, and uh, did they do a great job as well? Well, I'm sure in the first game we had uh, Dendonka at front at one point. So uh, we did, yeah. yeah. I think it's just whatever whatever works at the time for for Emery. He's not re- he's not too fussed about stuff like that. And I did say I think we we perhaps need to. Um, forget everything we thought we knew about football tactics um and 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 just go along for the ride with this guy because he's uh he's 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 bringing some new new stuff to us really um so we'll see but um obviously then sunday we've got got the fa cup craig um third round weekend best weekend of the season uh, in my opinion absolutely love it and even better that we're not playing man united this year we've got got stevenage at home a uh, real chance to progress to the fourth round for the first time in about 70 years. Um, chance for some fringe and and perhaps some younger players to get some game time, although I think Emery will target the cup. It's been a bit of a speciality of, of his throughout his career, winning trophies. So um, he'll he'll fancy himself to uh, to go deep in this competition. But how important is a, is a cup run, do you think, for the club and... For this season and going forward, and, and and what sort of lineup would you like to see against Stevenage on Sunday? Yeah, you talk about you talk about you know Mar- you talk about moving to the next level. We talk about Martinez lifting the FA Cup and and, and that winning mentality. An FA Cup win would be just incredible for Aston Villa in terms of our stature, in terms of attracting players, and um, and it's not outside the realms of possibilities with his manager. We saw he is a cup specialist. He does. You do believe with this manager, he can set up to beat anyone in a in a one off game where there's ninety minutes. I think we can beat anyone. We were disappointed with the performance of some of the the players, uh, Olsen in particular, and Chambers didn't do himself any favors in that Manchester United Cup game where we, we we lost unfortunately after taking the lead twice, which was a difficult one to swallow. So that cup's gone. So yeah, there has to be a lot of focus on this I wouldn't like to see probably too many changes maybe rest anyone who's got niggles and knocks we saw Douglas Suiz and John McGinn both go off in the Spurs game with 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 some bumps and bruises so you want to wrap anyone in cotton wool who's who's struggling a bit because the league is still obviously the priority and the focus 
Um, but I would love to see probably most of all a start for Cameron Archer. Um, he's been biding his time on, on, on the bench and at the squad, really only a couple of cameos for the whole season. Um, you don't want his progress to stall. Rumor is he'll be moving back out on loan so that, you know, he may even be gone by the time that this this match uh, happens on Sunday. Uh, but if he's still around, I would certainly love to see him starting in the cup. You would think Coutinho could do with some minutes. Certainly, um, certainly you would like to maybe have a look at some of the, the other young fringe players, at, 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 at young Caden Young. Maybe he maybe he doesn't get to start, but maybe he can make a substitute appearance. It's a good opportunity for some for some debuts there. And, and some of the other lads that have been in and around the first team, Tommy O'Reilly, uh, uh, Josh Feeney. Maybe there's some opportunities for those lads, at least from the bench, if not from the start. Because it is also important to remember that pathway that exists, the pathway that saw, the recent pathway which saw Archer come through, Keenan Davis come through, that saw Jack Grealish obviously become the England's first £100 million player, which now has Jacob Ramsey playing for the England of the 21s and probably knocking on the senior setup sooner rather than later. It is important for that pathway to keep producing talent and also for the players in the academy to see that there is a pathway to the first team and that they're going to get some kind of opportunity. So I imagine that the Emery will be Emery will be into that as well and it would be great to see uh, at least one or two uh, academy prospects make 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 their debuts or at least get minutes on the pitch during this cup tie because it, it is one with all due respect to Stevenage that we should be we should be winning and winning comfortably yeah definitely I'd, I'd absolutely love a, a good cup run this year I think it'd just give everyone a, a huge boost after a you know a difficult couple of seasons you know and it's it, the progress probably hasn't been what we hoped for um but a cup run always boosts things. I remember the last one with Sherwood, and you know it really it really lifted the, the the whole club, didn't it? Until the until the final, but you know it was it was a fantastic sort of few months um, trying to get to that final. It also convinced a number of Villa fans that Tim Sherwood is a viable football manager. <laughs> so I mean, the magic of the cup is real. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And if he can do it. Not sure how he's got on since leaving Aston Villa in manager. I don't know. Has he done okay? What's, what's he, he, up to? he does uh, Sucker Saturday now on Sky. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, if, if if he can do it, then I'm sure you know Emery would would, would fancy his chances. Um, but yeah, we'll obviously we'll, we'll we'll wait and see. We'll reflect on that 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 next week. Hopefully, we're in the hat. Um, if we're not, that will be incredibly disappointing. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll wait and see, and we'll 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 discuss that next week. Um, but do you want to just quick quick prediction for the Wolves game on on Wednesday night, Craig? I think um, I think a two 0 win. Actually, I think um, I think that that that, that Wolves have still have some 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 stuff to do. I think they they probably need the tran- January transfer market um, more than more than some others to to make some changes. I think that squad has got a little bit stale. I think letting Connor Cody go in retrospect was absolutely. Um, kamikaze stuff from Wolves uh, he's so important to them and their group obviously Jimenez not being what he was uh, they they squandered money uh, 35 million pound on that young lad uh, Silver some people have opinions on things to do with that transfer which I wouldn't possibly speculate on here but anyway you would think that um, that, that, that the likes of Martinho who, who are kind of getting older and creaking Ruben Neves is always a quality player always dangerous uh 
but they 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 have they have gone backwards walls from that European side that that Nuno built that was so impressive that they are not the same outfit anymore and I think that with they're they're there for the taking and and that we can we can certainly get some get some joy out of them um it's just important that we we remain focused we 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 stick to our stick to our what we do well and 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 I think that we will under Emery and I think that Emery will find their Find Wolves' weaknesses and 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 get them. So two nil, two nil Villa. Yeah, I think I want some retribution for the the the, the disaster last season uh, when we played Wolves when we were two nil up with eight minutes to go. <laughs> we lost the game. Yeah. I mean, that's just uh, uh, yeah. We need we. I mean, a nice five or six nil win to just banish that would be perfect. But I'd I'd take a. I'd take a two nil um, myself. I think uh, for for that one, um, just just get the points on the board and uh, let's start moving up the table. Um, okay, great great stuff, Craig. Thanks for thanks for for joining me again this week. It's been uh, you know plenty to discuss, and as we go forward, we'll uh, we'll obviously have the the January transfer window. Not not really time to discuss that today. Nothing too much going on at the minute, but we'll. Uh, We'll, I'm sure there'll be things to comment on in the in the next few weeks. Um, so we'll do that. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, Happy New Year! Um, I hope 2023 is is kind to everyone out there. Um, difficult times, but um, yeah, hopefully things start to pick up. And uh, obviously, in terms of Villa, things are picking up. So that's that's something to be positive about. Um, but other than that, we'll be back next week to discuss the Cup and the Wolves game um, and look ahead to the, the, the coming coming fixtures. And uh, in the meantime, stay safe and up the villa. <laughs>